Welcome everyone to the Wrestling Wars Podcast End of Year Blowout. We're ready to go. We got every regular contributor on board, ready to rock, ready to share their end of year thoughts with us all. Uh, before we jump into all the festivities, everyone's going to have their own intro music. They're going to have their own sections. We got three guests. The Equalizer, Ty, Berna, the Professor, the Historian, the Mr. Get-the-Fuck-Off-My-Lawn, Shockmaster, and the man of 17,894 matches, KB of KB's, KBWrestlingReviews.net. Uh, just before we jump into all that, I just want to thank everybody for all the support of the show. Over the year, this thing has blown up way bigger than I thought it would in such a short amount of time. Um, the buzz has gotten us in front of some pretty big names checking out the show. Um, we got, you know, thousands and thousands of downloads. I mean, people are hearing my voice. People are listening to this show in in South America. Like I, had, I looked at the statistics the other day. I had a bunch of South American countries on there. Um, Bolivia, Ecuador, uh, Peru... Um, just crazy stuff. Places I never thought my voice would be getting carried to. Um, we've got a, quite a few posters down in India. Thank you very much for checking us out all the way in India, Australia, all my European guys. Um, got some downloads in uh, Saudi Arabia, and I'm pretty sure I know who that is, and I'd like to thank that individual for all of his input and feedback and helping make the show uh, as good as it is. You are much appreciated, sir. Um, Got my downloaders in in Ireland, England. Um, there's a couple saw some downloads in Norway. I don't know who's downloading me in Norway, but my family originally originally immigrated from Oslo, Norway, to over here. So I am very much into my my Viking heritage, and I appreciate all you whoever is out there downloading me in Norway. Um, another aside, oddly enough, I am fucking huge in Ohio. I don't know who it is in Ohio that is doing all this downloading of this show, but I've done a massive amount of downloads in Ohio. So thank you to Ohio and whoever is out there helping this show kill in that state. Um, we were real big in Pennsylvania, so I thank all the, uh, my Pennsylvania guys for hooking me up like that. Um, real big in a lot of places. Uh, Mexico was also a surprising amount of downloads, so I thank all you guys down there for ho- hitting us up and hooking us up, leading the way getting us a ton of downloads um so once again just thank everybody everybody jump on there hey i don't ask for for fo- twitter followers because i give a flying fuck about how many twitter followers i have but as i've said a million times and from the very first episode you know if this show is for you guys this show is for you so i want you to follow me give your feedback and tell us what stuff you want us to cover on the show and we will shout you out and get into it. At MNCVKG, please hit jump on there. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear covered. And what special subjects, maybe even possibly, we can do. Um, once again, the guys who aren't on the show, who I didn't get to thank, uh, thank you, um, Body Guy Johnson of Progress Wrestling, for hooking us up with your perspective. Um, thank you, historian, professor, published author Peter Crawford for jumping on here a couple of times and dropping us, dropping the knowledge on us uh, that you know nobody else could. Um, thank you to uh, our film buff Xfear uh, for taking some time out of his schedule to hook us up with some film history and we'll be having you back soon on brother and uh, thank you for all the new contributors that are going to be coming on board in the next year we got a big year coming up we're going to have a big Lucha Underground Season 2 preview we're going to have Roy Johnson of Progress Wrestling back once again here very soon so a lot of big stuff coming up 
and uh, I'm glad for the inroads and the big stuff we've been able to do already this year. It's been crazy, and hopefully we can just keep on doing better and better. Thank everybody for supporting the show, and I hope you enjoy the end of the year blowout. Let's go! And here we go. We're getting things going, rocking and rolling with our resident archaeologist, our history professor, the Shockmaster. What's, What's up, up, man? Uh, I guess uh, the other man would be more of your history professor on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I always, he's, a, he's our historian. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a little bit different. Mr. Mr. Peter Crawford. Um, ready to close this year out in style. With the Shockmaster. Speaking of closing things out in style, when is, I have a, this is a question, a riddle, a riddle, if you will. When is purchasing something for $4 billion, when can that be considered a bargain? Uh, yeah, it's looking like a pretty damn good steal right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the answer to that is when you're buying Star Wars. Uh between, I mean, that's an actual financial projection. Um, between nine hundred dollars in ticket sales, uh, merchandise that's flying off the shelf, everything, it's beginning to look like four billion is going to be a bargain by the time this is all said and done. Yep, I, I currently, wow. currently, one week in, it's at sitting at nine hundred million dollars. It and... hasn't even come out in China yet. No, and no, from the what, massive market for the for movies. From what I've been reading, they're talking five billion worth of merchandise sales. On top of this movie, they're projecting to hit three billion worldwide, which I think that's a little optimistic. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is steamrolling every record right now. It's going to take the best domestic. I don't know how what kind of legs it's going to have in the international market. So they could clear. I mean, they could clear the buying price. Oh, maybe with this with this first movie, they might. Or the franchises and the shared universe spinoffs and all that shit even starts. Yeah, I mean, you're not even talking about the theme parks they're making and all the merchandising, TV shows, video games. I mean, Disney. I mean, four billion dollars on an IP, and it it's going to pay itself off within a you know this. The cycle of Force Awakens. Lord, wait uh, till so the Blu-ray sales come out. We're not oh, gonna, Jesus. we're not gonna, we're not gonna uh, raise the ire of anybody out there. So, um, no spoilers. But you, you went and saw the film, correct? Yes, sir. Twice. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs Twice. Up. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, gonna go ahead and imagine since it was two, two times. Then. Yeah, I gave it a four the first time I watched it, and then a four and a half the second time I watched it. Very nice. Yeah, I went in very critical, and you know, and I, I. I found out I, I loved it a lot more the second time i watched it i'm going uh next weekend so i'll be right there we'll, we'll be able to do a, a spoiler discussion here here shortly what's uh what's the limit do you think like what what's a month a month after the movie's out it's 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 permissible uh, to discuss the movie without you know well, if, if you're if you're doing a 
podcast and you put spoilers on it, you know, it's yeah, that's true. Click at your own. I mean, I won't post anything online, you know, yeah. like on social media. That's just being a dick. You I mean you got to realize not everybody can get to the movie theater during the holidays within a week. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I would say once once it comes home on video for a month or so, it's fair game. Oh man, you're you're a generous individual. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Speaking of, of vast generosity, let's hear how you felt, your your wrestler of the year, your match of the year, how you felt about 2016 in general. Um, go ahead, nice. let's let's roll through some, some match of the year. What were your favorite matches of the year this year? Well, were we talking 2016 or 2015? I don't have a DeLorean. 2015, 2015. <laughs> All right. Um, um, my match of the year is the triple threat from Royal Rumble. Brock Still. Lesnar. Brock Twelve Lesnar. months later, all right. That was the uh, the leader in the clubhouse from the beginning, and I, I say it simply because if you you know me from you know the forums, I despise triple threat matches on principle. Yeah, and for a triple threat match to be as damn good as that was, yeah, it, it just stuck with me all year year long. Sasha Banks versus Bailey would have been my second choice uh, at uh, NXT Brooklyn. Uh, that that match, just the atmosphere alone, it might not have been the best match, but it was just the atmosphere alone made that match for me. But the Brock Lesnar being eliminated practically from the Royal Rumble match, yeah, and, and coming back to life, coming back to life out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah, in the fashion in which he was eliminated by that, yeah, I crazy mean, dive by Rollins, and then they're so frantically trying to trying to beat each other while Lesnar's down, yeah. And Cena just going completely insane trying to eliminate Lesnar from participating in the match as well. It's just, there was so much from Cena and Rollins to put Lesnar over as the unbeatable monster. And Lesnar looked vulnerable. There was that little doubt in my head, like, oh my god, they're going to pull the trigger and get the belt off of Lesnar before Mania. And then he just, the craziest comeback that I think I've ever seen in wrestling. You know, that... Yeah, the Lesnar comeback in that match was just all out awesome. All right, so that Bailey versus Sasha. Anything else? Um, Kevin Owens versus John Cena elimination chamber. Yeah, everybody yeah. so far. Is, that's right. All of us are picking the one that Kevin Owens won. Fuck yeah, WWE. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, it was so nice because you know that that was a free giveaway on the network. Yeah, you know yeah. that that was an added bonus and. It really helped launch Kevin Owens, and yeah, he ended up losing the feud, but he's been pretty well protected yeah, since that feud. Well, yeah. especially considering a, a fucking a heel in the modern day WWE. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it really put you know the NXT title in the spotlight, especially considering at the time when Ring of Honor also jumped on the Destination America with TNA, and it really solidified NXT as the number two title to me. In this country. Yep. And that was something that I was harping on at the time of the match. Is why under no circumstances could could Kevin Owens lose that match. Because not only are you putting him over, but you're putting an entire brand over and an entire title over. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. From that match, NXT clearly became the number two in this country. What else What else did you like match-wise this year? Uh, I mean, there was... um. I mean, I did like Kevin Owens versus John Cena, too. I know you you, and I went back and forth on this in text messaging when that match happened. Um, what else did I like? I, there, there's several others. Um, 
I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. I did like Undertaker versus uh, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Mm. I tend to be in the minority on that one, but I did like I did like the finish of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just thought it was so out of character for Undertaker, but it, it, it was something different, and the Heyman reaction made it <laughs> made it worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, see, I didn't get to watch a bunch of Lucha Underground. I can't find Ray TV on my cable i mean but everybody keeps telling me there's like a prince puma match i need to watch but i'm not a youtuber yeah ty, a... ty is covering that during during the part his part of the show um he talks about that stuff too so yeah the, um god that i know and i i'm just gonna lump in the u.s open challenge <laughs> yeah yeah, there yeah so many the good there are so many damn good matches to come from that that's one of the best things Angle-wise, that we've seen in a long time. A long time, absolutely. Okay, so on that, um, who are your who are your top wrestlers of the year? John Cena. Uh, there you go, <laughs> stealing it from me. God damn it! In the last segment, <laughs> I was gonna go, but I'll go into a little bit now. Um, I don't, I don't see how anybody could really make an argument against it. Like week in and week out, every week, that was the highlight of the show. That was the backbone of the program. No matter how much. You know, Raw sucked. Oh, man, the John Cena U.S. Open Channel is up next. It's going to be an awesome match. Had a phenomenal match, a series of phenomenal matches with Kevin Owens. Had a great match with Sami Zayn. Great match with Adrian Neville. Great, I mean, every week. Oh, that match with Neville. God, that's... <laughs> that, that match the match was, with Cesaro. Cesaro, God. yeah. Yeah, every week, I mean, Cena, and, and you see it now since he's been gone the last part of the year. How long a three-hour Raw drags without Cena taking up a 20-minute promo and a 30-minute match? Yeah. You know, an hour was dedicated to that man, the U.S. Open title. And with him gone, it made me appreciate it that much more. He he just, he raised the U.S. title to something else before, you know, WWE shit the bed with it in October. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I really liked the... Sasha, Sasha Banks this year. I kind of went back and forth with her and Bailey, but I really think Sasha. I think would get the nod as my number two. Uh, she actually has made me care about women's wrestling, which well, is that was because she had she had a series of you know she had other good matches before the yeah. Everybody remembers the 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 series with Bailey because it was so epic. But I mean, she was doing great all year. She had you know defenses against uh, Charlotte. She had defenses against uh, Becky Lynch. That was really really good. I mean, she was. She was doing doing it up all year. Yep, no doubt about it. And even you know their weakest match might have been the four way, but it was still a damn phenomenal yeah. match. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that the matches with Bailey are, I mean, it's we'll say shit the bed again. It's unfortunate the WWE has done that with her on the main roster. Yeah, I, I still have hope. You know, hope springs eternal, but. You know, what she did with the NXT women's title, like I said, it, it made a cynic like me really give a damn about women's wrestling in this country, which I would never put, a, you know, a modern WWE woman in, in my top three wrestlers of the year. Yeah, you never thought that you would do that. And I think that's something um, people can look back on this on a bit of a turning point. I mean, women's wrestling has not been this heated up in uh, in America since what the fucking fifties, since the Strangler yeah. Lewis Gotch era, when the women's champion did actually used to be a pretty big deal back then. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they did because they were shooters and they would fucking wrestle dudes out of the crowd. That's, that's oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, I, it was pretty crazy. 
And I think I would put Seth Rollins in as my number three. I mean, despite his chicken shit, you know, ass backwards title reign and booking and stuff that would just drive you nuts. The dude goes out there and performs. Performs, yeah, and it yeah. consistently is is yeah. badass. Yeah, you can question the creative and the booking around his matches, but that dude, when he's in there and the lights are on, he is giving you everything he's got. It will be sorely missed. Um, so, what do you what what are your biggest recollections and memories from what What are you going to take from 2015? What stands out the most to you from this year? Be it show, moment, angles, anything. I. WrestleMania 31 was a very pleasant surprise. I think I went in there with real low expectations, and the entire card delivered. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, the Money in the Bank cash-in was about as perfect as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, you and I are in the minority, but we love the Brock Lesnar title reign. Oh, so much. And, yeah. And I was, I was pissed to see it end. I still think it was a mistake to end it when it did. But um, oh, absolutely, and in the fashion that they did, because who did they ever end up putting over from from him beating the Undertaker and for him winning the title and keeping it for right. all that time, not having it on the, on TV? Who ended up getting put over by that? Right, I, nobody, nobody. nobody. Roman Reigns didn't get to beat him, and then Seth Rollins beat him, but it was chicken shit. So yeah. no one ended up getting put over by either one of those things. No. So that yeah, that was that was frustrating. And I would say another big story would be NXT becoming the number two promotion by far in the United States. I mean, it's just the the Brooklyn show was just a watershed moment. That that, that was something you and I would never have thought of that they would be able to sell out a fifteen thousand seat arena with, and it had more fire and passion in that arena than the next night at SummerSlam. Oh yeah, and that that I don't, I don't want to say it was nothing, but I mean compared to. I wish you could have seen. I wish everybody out there could have seen the fucking the house show that I went to in Philly in May. That was in May. That was three months before the the Brooklyn show. It was their first their first time they went on the road, and um, that show was fucking. I thought the fucking roof was gonna cave in on that building. It was insane. So yeah, they definitely definitely the uh the the growth and the maturation of that brand into, and I'm sure that's about to play into our next part of this which we'll talk about 2016 but um i definitely agree definitely that was a great moment seeing that that initial show it was great being there and and i think and this is the the last one that i'll touch on is more of like a personal thing for me because this guy is one of my top three favorites of all time seeing sting hell in yeah a wwe hell ring, yeah i mean I was not happy with the WrestleMania match, but I still love the moment of seeing Sting. I mean, it's still surreal as a 35-year-old lifelong fan to see that man in a WWE ring. And then to give the performance that that guy did at Night of yeah. Champions. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, you know what's funny is I was thinking about it the other day because I was hearing somebody discuss um, Sting at WrestleMania last year and the, the way that went down and everything. And I'm like, you know what? It almost would have been cooler to for his – remember when they – how the Night of Champions match got set up and they brought up the curtain and he was under there instead of the statue? It almost would have been cooler for that to have been – think about that, how much of a shit your pants moment that would have been if that would have been the moment that Sting debuted in the WWE. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> even, yeah. even, even as it was, it was still a shit your pants moment, even though for whatever reason I just had a feeling. I was like – they're gonna lift that curtain, and fucking Sting's gonna be underneath it. But like, just think, just think if if 
you know, that was the first time he showed up. That would have been insane. And how disappointing would it have been if they lifted the curtain and it was Demon Kane underneath Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that, that would have been, oh my God, yeah. Just anything with Sting, you know, it's, it's a guilty pleasure for me. And it's a bonus at his age to see him do anything. It's a damn shame that he isn't gonna be able to be able to do something that Mania doesn't look like because it's that's pretty fucked. It sounds like. Um, so looking forward to 2016. What are the biggest What are the biggest things that you're looking to see and that you're hoping for? Uh, the big elephant in the room is WrestleMania 32. Yeah. I mean, it, this is the WWE has to shoot its load pay per view. Hundred thousand people, man. Yeah, hundred thousand people. This is a once in a generation opportunity, and I mean that's it's not hyperbole. I mean, if they go in there with a 60,000, 70,000 seats, it's still going to look a third empty. Yeah, it's going to look like shit. That's what's yeah. insane about this. You could have 70,000 people, which would be in the top 10 mania crowds of all time, and it would look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> just, just think about it like that. Yeah, I am just insanely curious with the lack of star power. and Yeah, because look at where they're at right now. Like, yeah. Things got to start getting pretty crazy at the Rumble. Yeah. Like They have to. I'm still holding out hope of Daniel Bryan and these are all red herrings and he's healthy and they're deliberately keeping him off TV to fire it up for Royal Rumble. But come back, come back. That would be fucking. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Number 30 came and it was Daniel Bryan. He just goes in. There's yes, kicking the shit out of everybody. And it's him and Reigns at WrestleMania. That would be nuts. This is the first time in a long time. Um that we really don't have an idea of how Mania is being laid out. We th- yeah. We're pretty comfortable well, with Roman Reigns versus Triple H. Yeah. But they could still pull the trigger, trigger on that at Royal Rumble. I don't think so, but I think it's definitely leading up to Mania. But I honestly, I don't have any idea how this card's going to look. I mean, we've, and that, heard, we've heard John Cena and Taker. Yeah. Which, um, unfortunately, I mean... Has has a lot less luster than it could have at one point. That could have been the fucking mega showdown of mega showdowns if they had done it about five years ago. Yeah, uh, that that it's still gonna be a good match. Okay, I, um, yeah, it's still gonna be good. It'll still be magical, but that would have been like a make your fucking head explode type yeah. situation. That you're talking five years ago. You're talking like an Andre Hogan type yeah. moment. I mean, like I said, the the, the once in a ger- generation. They've done a very good job at keeping them separate, you know, that what they've only had the one pay-per-view match back in 2000. Yeah, but that was before John Cena was John Cena. <laughs> yeah, it was before, you know, he was that guy. He was just a just old white rapper John Cena back then. It wasn't yeah. And then I I guess continuing on into 2016, it's the growth of the WWE network. As yeah. bad as television has been this year for wrestling between TNA, Ring of Honor, and WWE Raw, uh, you're getting quality programming still on the network. Uh, on the regular, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the network, yeah, it has its hiccups, but between this year and 2014, it's grown exponentially. Exponentially, it's been a fucking godsend. Yeah, it's yes, definitely yeah. on the rise and getting better and better. Yeah, and then I mean, and then the last thing would be just to see. Has NXT oh, hit its, hit its limit, or is it still? Are we just grow? beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would hate for it to be a fad and fade out. You know, and next year is going to say 
will this brand be able to sustain itself? Yeah, that's the next. Uh, that's the next benchmark is uh, having its own self-contained financial stability and seeing if if which way they're going to go for it, go with it. Are they going to fully commit and really try to make this more than just developmental, or going to keep going the way that they're going? Yeah, I mean, are they going to start pulling in some big name? I've, I've heard heard a lot of yeah, heard a lot of rumors. Yeah, lots of rumors. But are are we going to? I mean, not to say that they haven't done a damn good job this year of bringing in big names. But uh, you know, if it's going to be a self sustained third touring brand, uh, I'm just really curious to see who they pull the trigger on next because they are definitely going after that niche audience. And they their shit their their Midwest tour, um sold out in minutes the chicago yeah. show sold out in under a minute <laughs> that's like yeah. i'm just gonna say that um that sort of fervor and excitement and passion is not happening when wwe house shows come to town no so i mean the the the, the i you know what i don't know how big these buildings are um Another one that I saw the NXT show in on Philly that was a you know one thousand two thousand seater, um, but we're not talking that huge of a gap if we're talking two thousand seat arenas on these on these tours, and then you know the WWE's doing an average of sixty five hundred per house show, but yeah, the two, but the but the two thousand seat arenas are selling out in under a minute. <laughs> yeah, so I you know uh, I'm kind of upset because the closest. Uh, they, any of these so-called Midwest cities were all, you know, six, five to six hours away. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, damn it. Chicago, yeah. And I missed the Columbus show, which I guess I should have jumped on that back in the summer. But, you know, like. Yeah, that was the real, that was the for real <laughs> first one. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was two hours away at least. But, yeah, I, I am. That, that That's something I'm looking forward to is just to see what nxt does and i and i don't mind them playing these smaller arenas that, oh absolutely not yeah, it's awesome yeah. man that that was the trouble that ecw got into where they wanted to be a big boy they were not big boy they could have been fine with their niche audience and trying to keep it regional but yep. they over expanded i don't think nxt is going to have that problem i think triple h has got a better obviously a better business mind than Heyman. we can argue back and forth a wrestling mind yeah wrestling but uh, but i mean hey the triple h's biggest biggest uh asset that he has um as far as wrestling mind is uh you know uh kiss keep it simple stupid keep it simple stupid <laughs> yep i mean that's that's part of what's what's glorious and awesome about nxt let the talking be done in the ring uh simple fucking simple angles um just let it be done like that that's how you get that's how you get um because what was it i was listening to something and they were going on and on about you know tna their new tv deal and ring of honor and like what names are you going to bring in and what names are you going to do this and what names can you use to move the needle you know how you can move the fucking needle make your wrestling show a good wrestling show how about that yeah, like nobody, you know, you can say that they had some sort of name cred on the indies, but as far as mainstream American audiences, nobody knew Kevin Owens, nobody knew Finn Balor, nobody knew Sami Zayn, but they were associated with a badass wrestling show. 
And now everybody knows all oh, those guys are from fucking NXT. They're legit. And then, of course, you like them on their own indip- individual merits within what they've done in NXT. But the brand is what's selling selling tickets because you know what you're going to get at an NXT show. Yeah, and, and that's the problem with maybe not so much Ring of Honor, but definitely TNA. There's a million people paying to subscribe to the WWE Network. I don't know what type of numbers NXT is pulling in, but they very well could have more viewers than what Ring of Honor and TNA are getting on Destination America. Right? Well, I think, I'm pretty sure NXT is like the number, it's in the top five most viewed programs right. in, in uh, WWE Network every week. So, yeah, they could have just as many or not more than, I mean, because what does TNA do? 500, 600,000? Yeah, I think that's being very generous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think it was that. So yeah, if you if anybody out there thinks that you know they're selling out these arenas in less than a minute and less than three hundred thousand people a week are watching the show, I've got fucking news for you. No, no. I would guess NXT's viewership is probably somewhere around the six or seven eight hundred thousands. Yeah, and TNA and Ring of Honor have done such a bad job of trying to be WWE light. NXT is an alternative. That's what people want. And what's right funny now. is that's what we, you know, everybody's been screaming about for so long is we don't want another WWE. Don't try to be WWE. Be your own thing. Give us something else to look at because we look at, it seems like, 10 fucking hours of WWE every single week. We don't want WWE. We want something else. We want something that's done a little bit differently than WWE. And then, of course, being the fucking geniuses that they are, WWE is the one that gives us the alternative to WWE. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's insane. It's insane that it took that long, and it was within the house that, hey, here here it is. Here's your alternative. Awesome stuff. Stuff I'm looking forward to, too. Um, just like I'm doing with, with everybody who I've had on, I just want to extend a special thank you to you, my good sir, bringing your, your expertise and your knowledge to the show, um, making, taking time out to make this show uh to make this show what it is. Um, it's just uh, like to tell you, I appreciate you uh, taking time and helping us out as you can, man. It's been, been good. Been a pretty, uh, a first year of the show that has exceeded anything that I thought that we were going to be able to do. So thank you very much for being a big part of it, brother, man. Hey man, I'm honored. I'm, I'm just some fucking schmuck that, that talks wrestling, you know, and you are you not a me. schmuck. You're a fucking archaeologist. <laughs> you better come on. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get like a Twitter handle or something, and come up with something smartass and you yeah. know tribute a little more. But whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I, I'm glad I get chance to vent some frustrations about the business and you know, do praise it when I can. If there if there ever if there ever is one thing that this show is, it's a place to vent frustrations with the business. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you for uh, joining us for the end of the year blowout. Uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up on on many of the. Many of the things we discussed here. Oh, and in, in the tie segment, I just want to bring this up real quick because we forgot. In the tie segment, we talked about our rights and wrongs and indifference in uh, football predictions. Ooh. And I do believe I did predict that the fucking Cincinnati Bengals were going to win their division. Well, and it's I not. not. It's not clinched yet. Not, it is true. It is true. <laughs> and they're, they can back in. You know, they get they could still play the Ravens next week and. Win and get in, you know, ahead of Pittsburgh. They're in the playoffs. That's all I care about right now. I want the bye week, but, uh, man, I don't trust A.J. McCarron against that Broncos defense Monday night. And you shouldn't. But uh, <laughs> I bring up that I was right there. I was on it. Yes. Um, 
So thanks again, brother man. Hope everything works out with that, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon in the new year. I'm sure. Maybe for um, I think a good idea for the Royal Rumble for the Royal Rumble preview. We'll just have a, a shit pile of guests all at once, and it'll be like a Royal Rumble match. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, have a good New Year's. I'm sure I'll be discussing with you. Lots of football coming up for those for the New Year's. Going to be good times. Fire Tuberville. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, man. Thanks a lot. See ya. And we're up in here with regular contributor, the equalizer, Ty Berna, our resident Lucha, uh, Lucha Underground, fantasy football, football co-contributor. Um, glad to have him back in the stable for our portion of the end of the year. This segment, we're going to roll with some some right, wrong, and indifferent on our football predictions, uh, both fantasy and in, uh, you know the regular divisional predictions. And we'll also go over what Ty thought was the wrestler of the year, the match of the year, and what he's going to remember about 2015 and moving forward into 2016. Ty, how's it going? Good, man. It's been a while. Yeah, man. Yeah. Once the football season got rolling and... Everything happened, but it'll be a shorter a shorter gap for the next time you're on, since we're gonna have you and a you and Killjoy doing the the Lucha Underground season two special here in a couple weeks. Everybody yes, be on sir. the lookout for that right before it starts up. Um, I guess we'll start off since you're the our usual gimmick gimmick tree when you're on is the football stuff. Um, we'll start off with our our big rights and big wrongs of our from our football special. Um, yep. Also known as the the Andrew Luck segment of the show, <laughs> since that was a pretty big fucking biff on our part. Um, but I guess I guess you know you couldn't. I don't think that I, I. I'll just say that we were not the only ones. I don't think anybody out there was being like, "Hey, Andrew Luck's going to be one of the worst rated quarterbacks out there this year." Hey, their offensive line is bad, but it's so bad that he's not going to be able to be productive at all. Hey, and Andre Johnson left all his talent down in Houston when he left. Uh, Same with Frank Gore. Uh, Frank Gore's been okay. I mean, Andre Johnson kind of completely fucking left the map. Yeah. Um, Andrew Luck and uh, your boy, yeah. your boy, your, your sin here was Joe Flacco. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was that was both of us. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, I expect you were really hot on him. I was pretty big too, as like a sleeper pick. Um, but it kind of hurts your quarterback when he has literally no running backs to receivers. Yeah, which I think I think we can go ahead and put the rest to rest. The whole Joe Flacco is elite conversation, since you know he's he's not the only one who doesn't have a whole lot of great position players around him, but other quarterbacks get it done and make it happen and. They've been not even not even pedestrian this year. Yeah, what I'll say about the Flacco thing was I think we overrated Tressman pretty badly too. Yeah, that too. Process. That too. Yeah, because we saw Cutler kind of make a comeback a little bit this year. He's kind of playing better. Yeah, without Tressman. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes to, and Tressman goes to Flacco, and Flacco completely falls apart at the seams. 
But that whole Ravens team fell apart. Like they lost Suggs at the beginning of the year. Yeah. They lost, they had a number of injuries that hurt him pretty badly, but you know, just overall it was just really not a good year for them overall. I think they have something in Buck Allen. I think they just have to develop him a little bit more, get some more offensive line help, and I think they can get their running game going and help Flacco out a little bit more next year. I think those were our two only uh, major fuck-ups as far as uh, fantasy football. Um, uh, Jordan Matthews didn't didn't quite perform. I mean, I don't think – neither one of us really fell in love with the whole Philadelphia Eagles thing as much as other people did. Matthews uh, did okay, but he's been inconsistent. Yeah, you're talking to the man who traded Amari Cooper for Sam Bradford after that one preseason game. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Which, you know, I can, I can uh, contribute some of that to you as well because I well, saw it, you hey. saw it, and you're like, yeah, you should probably do that. And I went, yeah. I mean, I'm, at the time, though, it made sense for your roster. Yeah, you it know, did. You, you had more receivers than you had starting spots. You didn't have a stud starting quarterback. That was the night when Bradford was 13 for 13 yeah, with four touchdowns. I mean, I think you can only start so many receivers, so you might as well, you know, take yeah. a shot and see if you can cash in a, a lottery chip for, you know, a stud quarterback that you didn't have. So I can't, I can't recall what we said at the beginning of the season, but what did we think of Bortles at the beginning of the season? I don't think we were too high on him at all of a sudden. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't to the degree that he ended up, that's a dangerous team next year, baby. Yeah. If they can improve, if they can improve that offensive line a little bit and get, pick, get some pieces on defense, that can be a danger. They can win that division next year. They got some serious off- like aerial weapons. With yeah. The Allen combo, Julius Thomas. Um, Yeldon's been actually Yeldon's been a pretty solid back this year, all things yeah. considered. It's just that they never give him the ball at the goal line, which is yeah. you know, the white rhino Toby Gerhardt clearly is not a goal line back for them at all. It was not an anything back for them. <laughs> as far as the uh I don't think we really did did bad at all on our um our overall seasonal predictions, the, uh, the divisionals, yeah, um, New England took it. I think that we were really wrong on the jets though. We had the jets and the, Oh, the Redskins. That was our big fuck up on the, on the, the divisional oh, yeah. picks. I, but you know what? I don't fucking, you know what? Nobody at the beginning of the season <laughs> uh, was going to even come close. Shit. As of three or four weeks ago, nobody would have said in a million years that the Redskins were going to win this division. And right. they have the chance. We are recording this, uh, December 26th. So they have the chance tonight to win that division. And I think um, they will. I think uh, yeah, pick. there's a very good chance they will because the Eagles have been frustrating and sorry as hell. So um, I picked the Eagles for that division. I think – did you pick the Cowboys, I think? I think I picked the Cowboys. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody could, could have predicted. Romo breaking his collarbone twice. The, the, the line of follies that they had this year. Yeah. Um, Some of the so, – I want to say some of the bigger, one of the biggest hits I got fantasy football wise this year was DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I drafted yeah. him in three, all three of my regular leagues, and he's been money. You know? Yeah, and I can admit you you scored on that one, and that was one that I that I stayed away from. I didn't trust their quarterback. I didn't know that he was going to be one of those guys who's a quarter proof, quarterback proof wide receiver. Those are extremely rare. Um, yeah, and I I didn't I knew he'd be. I thought he was good, but I thought you know wide receiver too. At best, um, especially with the quarterback situation, but he proved himself to be uh, quarterback quarterback proof. It didn't matter, and um, he was tearing it up all year. So, yeah, solid pickup there. I thought Odell Beckham Jr. was going to regress, and that clearly was 
No. I don't know about Rick. I people are talking about taking him top five next year, and I'm, I'll I say go ahead. You go ahead and have that. Yeah, I'll take Antonio Brown instead. Yeah. I still don't. Still don't feel good about the whole OBJ thing between the perennially injured hamstrings and then what happened is clearly fragile mental capacity. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not hitching my fucking wagon to that. I think what um, a big thing that got proved this year, and it was something that we kind of talked about a lot in the uh, in our preview, was man, people. Can, it's funny because I just heard this. It's like people are so hypnotized by the conventional wisdom of running back, running back, running back that even when I was listening to some guys, some professionals on Sirius XM, the fantasy radio, they had literally just got done saying. Oh, the turnover this year has been crazy, and it proves this. You know, you can't really count on running backs, and you can't really count on this. And da 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 da. The next segment, they were like, "Yeah, well, you know, got to take some some strong backs up a up on one and two. I'm like, "No, you fucking don't! You just <laughs> got done saying that you can't count on it. That it was fucking stupid. Dude. Think about the top five running backs, top ten running backs that going into this season, and how much different that looks at the end of the season." Yeah, I think this, so many people who sunk so many resources into top level running backs this are year is fucking gone or done. Yeah, this this year has been really strange. Like you had all your top ten running backs. I think maybe I'll say maybe two of them have done anything for you this year. Adrian Peterson and maybe Lashawn McCoy. I mean, but he was out for lots of weeks. I mean, yeah, he's been so, in and out too. I mean, so so really, Adrian Peterson was the only top. 10 running back that produced for you this year. Yep. And trust me, yep. I'm, I had two different, you know, my three leagues, my one money league that I had. I mean, you had, you had, you had piles of them everywhere and all of them fucking failed you. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Eddie Lacey, Jeremy Hill. They were my, in our league that you and I are both in. Yeah. I drafted Eddie Lacey one and Jeremy Hill two. think and thinking I'm set. Yeah. This is, this is a wrap. Yeah. Oh, I thought it, I thought it too. I remember seeing it. I was like, fuck. So this was the year you had your Devonta Freemans, your Doug Martins, your Mark Ingrams. Those were your top running backs this year, the guys that you took in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And, I mean, well, what was I telling everybody before the season? Yeah, Chris Ivory, Doug Martin. Chris Ivory, Doug Martin. I said, I'm going to go up top. I'm going to get Antonio Brown. I'm going to get Rob Gronkowski for my guaranteed advantages. And then I'm just going to grab the best situations that I can find. Yep. Doug Martin, Chris Ivory. Um and then, and then after that, my strategy was just I just took a ton of lottery tickets for running backs. And now I'm in the championship game of our money league, and I'm also the hottest hottest team going in our yeah. dynasty league. It took a little too long. It took too long for it to work out for me in dynasty. I barely missed the playoffs, but now I'm fucking destroying people in that uh, in the loser bracket because I have David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and Cameron Ars Payne. And Carlos Williams. I don't even have enough spots to start all of the fucking badass running backs I got now. It just took a little too long for it to work out in the Dynasty League. But in the Money League, I got David Johnson. I got, who else am I fucking starting? Doug Martin, who I drafted. And then um, trying to choose between Cameron Artis Payne and Chris Ivory. And I think you and I discussed that. We're going with CAP over Ivory this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ivory, Ivory was good at the beginning of the year, but right towards the end here, he's really slowed down. I think he's... It off. Yeah, his. I think he's just taking too much, too much work. I think has really worn him down. Um, Bilal Powell is actually looking really solid for them right now, but he's more of a pass catching. Well, yeah, especially in PPR games, and then yeah. uh, game flow this week. 
Yeah. Well, Pile will probably contribute to some some championship teams. Yeah, you're speaking of our sec, our money league, uh, Mister. I'm down ninety points, and then suddenly three players score one hundred and thirty points, and. Hey man, yeah. hey man, I'm I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to let not, it go. I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm a classy guy. You know, I'm a classy guy. I was going to let that go. Um, I, was, I will be honest with you. That is the most ridiculous swing I've ever seen in fantasy football. Yeah, me too. Me too. So kudos to you. Um, like I said, I hope you win the championship. Cause Any you of I... our listeners will recall you saying something to me to the effect of kiss the ring, uh, things of that nature. Hey, I'm talking fantasy, son. I still got a championship. Where are you at? You do, okay, wait till this, <laughs> after this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say nothing yet. I'm projecting yeah. to crush this dude, but we'll see. Hey, man, it ain't over till it's over, as we both learned last week. Yeah. But, Be- no, I, what's that? Um, just saying real quick, though, you know, it's just weird that I had two leagues where I drafted running backs, one, two, or something to that effect, and probably my best team was the – the team that I went with Rogers number one, who wasn't really even that great this year. Yeah, no. Fantasy wise, but I picked up Carson Palmer way late. So that really just made up for it. And I could not get either of them traded to get any pieces that would help me. But I ended up having like Devonta Freeman at the end of the season after I made some trades, uh, Doug Martin, Mark Ingram, you know, I had running backs left and right. And, Right when the playoffs started, all my running backs got hurt, and I was sunk after that. So it was—it's just—it's weird to say that this is the year that really showed to me I'm going wide receiver round one. Just saying, everybody out there, you don't don't uh, don't let yourself become prisoner to convention to quote unquote conventional wisdom, and oh, you have to take running backs up top. No, you gotta. Got to give yourself a chance to weather the storm that inevitably happens every year with, with the running back yeah. uh, top ten. And I've actually read this is the first year that wide receivers have actually outgained running backs in the NFL. So that trend is moving more and more to wide receivers being far more worth it than running backs. Just yeah. based off of there's not a whole lot of workhorse running backs left. You know, you have your Adrian Peterson, you have Devonta Freeman's been a workhorse this year because he does. Well, that, there's not that many of them, but at the same time, it's, it's impossible to guess who's who's going to be, which one, yeah. who they're going to be. I mean, so it's, it's like I said, you might as well, um, you know, go for depth more than anything. And then hopefully you got a guy, you get a guy who emerges out of your group. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Before this turns into a football podcast, <laughs> God damn it. This is the end of the year wrestling podcast. Yes, sir. Um, so, you you're, you have some pretty some 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 unique tastes. Uh, that's what I like about all my regular co-contributors. Everybody has their own their own particular tastes that they're they're into. Um, let's start off with uh, your your match of the year. What was your match of the year? Okay. Well, I had five kind of listed as contenders in my opinion. I had uh, Bailey versus Sasha at NXT Takeover Brooklyn. Oh yeah! Hell yeah! I had uh, Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo in Lucha Underground all night long, which was a one-hour Iron Man match for the Lucha Underground Championship. Phenomenal match. It was great. It's it's rare to see an out you know an Iron Man match like that anymore. Uh, speaking of Iron Man matches, I also got Bailey versus Sasha in their thirty-minute Iron Woman match. The Iron Lady match, yes. Yep. Uh, I also got Kevin Owens versus John Cena at Elimination Chamber. Hell yeah. And uh, finally, got Mil Mortez versus Phoenix in a casket match. 
Yeah, I heard a lot yeah. about that casket match. I remember that was the one where I saw the one spot, and I was like, well, I can't deal with this. But I have heard a lot of good things about it. A lot of people out there will probably enjoy it. It was. Uh, it's a little bit different because it was brutal as fuck, and I'm not trying to use too many explicitives here like we did in our first recording we ever did. <laughs> but it was brutal as fuck. Like, it was like, holy shit, Phoenix is probably dead. Like, there's no reason this man should be alive right now. And that that's the type of brutality that you don't see very often. Like, you see a hardcore match. Oh, they took a chair shot to the back into this midsection. Nobody takes headshots anymore for safety purposes, which is fine. But this was... Yeah. This this was one of those things that took brutality to a next level. I mean, you but know, I'll, it's, it's going to be the type of thing you're not going to see anything else like it uh, right. out here, so... And you had this, you know, the whole story. You got taken consideration the story behind it all. It was the emotion behind it. It was, it was awesome, just completely awesome. Um, so out of those five, I have a tough time choosing them. I think I had Bailey and Sasha take over Brooklyn, ranked number one. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one just because there were the in the same sense we had the same amount of motion in that one. You yep. know, Bailey finally hitting. You know, reaching the top at NXT as the women's champion, you know. And just the it way was, that they told the story, built the story throughout the match, going back yep. and forth. And I'm not going to go too much into it on, on this segment because uh, I, I, all, my, all the listeners, I, you could probably guess out there that, you know, I, I might be going into that. I might be talking about that match in a little bit more uh, extensiveness uh, later on in the show when I do my rundown. But, yeah, I... I I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. As far as, you know, pure athleticism and crazy, you know, craziness, Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo was a blast. Uh, A lot of high drama at the end of that match. Uh, The 30 minute Iron Woman match, I think Sasha probably showed her the absolute best heel uh, psychology I've seen in for for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In WWE. Like, she was, that whole crowd was behind her and Bailey at the same time, and she's able to turn full sail against her. You know, with a flick of a wrist, basically. Yeah. So for match of the year, I'm gonna go Bailey versus Sasha at NXT Takeover Brooklyn, though. That's awesome. No question. What's uh? Who is your? Who are you? Well, you can go like a top three or top five or whatever you want to do, and then we'll talk about it more. But uh, who's your who's your wrestler of the year? Oh, I do have five wrestlers of the uh, listed. I got Seth Rollins. You know, he nice and consistent as the world champ. Um, really develops nice heel psychology over the year as champion you know he, he had that nice smug heel that you want and that you want to punch him in the face kind of you know yeah and put on some very nice performances like even the match against sting was actually quite a bit of fun until sting got hurt yeah yeah it was a good match uh sasha banks and bailey as noted you know they got two match of the year candidates you know you kind of yeah. get to be yeah. up there and i'm an unabashed sasha banks fan so and i got kevin owens who really Broke out this year, and uh, Prince Puma and Lucha Underground for the incredible matches he put on like week to week. So, so a lot of uh, so I guess you would encourage people to go check out this Lucha Underground thing. Two of Ty's <laughs> match of the years, one of his wrestler of the years in there. Prince Puma apparently was was on a weekly basis a, a great performer. Um, speaking of great performers on a weekly basis, I'm surprised you left out. One of my wrestlers of the year, but I'll get into that later on in the show. Um, so, who who overall was your wrestler of the year? Overall, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Seth Rollins, man. You okay. know, he had the 
You had the big moment at WrestleMania. Great match. He had a great match at a Royal Rumble. Yep. Then the moment yep. at WrestleMania. Consistently, I mean, he was in a couple of my uh, uh, match of the year candidates as well. Yep. Yeah. That, you know, and I've, there's a lot of good matches this year that I left off. I just kind of I tried to keep it to five that I. Yeah. You know. If I had six, it would be the Lesnar, Rollins, Cena triple threat at Wrestle or at uh, Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah, yeah. So that's up there. Um, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot I had in there, but I also wanted to not just be straight WWE, and because I had a lot of Lucha Underground matches yeah. that I really liked as well. Um, another wrestler of the year that I would consider as well would be uh, Pentagon Junior in Lucha Underground. Okay, like he. His, you know, he speaks nothing but Spanish, but his promos are so awesome. I don't understand a word other than reading the post <laughs> captioning underneath, you know. But he, he just had so emotion in his voice, and he could tell a story, you know, in the ring. You know, his psychology in the ring is phenomenal. The way his character worked, uh, the story that he had running with Vampiro, which I will, I'll admit, I was kind of a Vampiro fan back in the last dying days of WCW. Whenever I would watch, oh yeah, like, I've always, I've always liked Vampiro as well. You know, when I watched five minutes of WCW when there's a commercial break going on, you know. So, you know, the really nice story there. He he hit it out of the park, his ring work, his promos, and all Spanish that I don't understand a word of. Yeah. You know, when you know you're good when you can do a promo in another language and you can still feel exactly what he's trying to get across, you know. Absolutely. That's pretty solid, so now there's a there's I think it was a pretty solid year for wrestling other than Rod really got bogged down there for a good four months and i don't watch anything other than raw or you know wwe and lucha underground you know i try to catch ring of honor every once in a while but you know you got to pick your battles you know it's like NXT raw lucha underground you know that's like basically five hours worth of wrestling right yeah that's a lot so so what what do you we take overall from 2015 what do you remember most about 2015 those highlights 2015 to you Highlights, uh, Rollins ascending, the, you know, the Roman Reigns finally getting over. Yeah. That's a legit face. Took the whole <laughs> year, yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is I think finally at the end of the year here, I think the WWE is trying to figure out that they can't keep doing what they're doing, that they were doing for like that three, four month stretch where it was just abysmal watching Raw every single week. Yeah, there was no, there was no, you know, there's nothing there to watch on Raw. It's the same thing over and over again. I think when they finally put the title on Reigns, it was like, okay, we gotta shake things up on Raw a little bit more. And I'm hoping that'll continue on in 2016. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing right there. You yeah. Know? So I was, that's the next question I was gonna ask is, what are you, what are you looking for in 2016? What 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 stuff do you see on the horizon? What are you hoping to see? Well, Lucha Underground season two. Yeah. End of January. I'm super stoked for that. I'm um, hoping that maybe Daniel Bryan comes back next year. In one way or, or another. Or at least the, the, yeah, the situation becomes resolved one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got a feeling if he doesn't wrestle for WWE, he'll, he'll try to get released and go somewhere else. If he got to go wrestle in Japan for, for three more years for the end of his career, he'll do that for all the yeah. years. Um, I want to see if Roman Reigns, if they can keep it up with Roman Reigns. They, they got it. They got it hot now, but you know how it was with them. Sometimes they they got something hot and then they dropped the ball with it right away. Yeah. How dope? How dope would fucking Daniel Bryan and Lucha Underground be? Oh, dude, that'd be sick. God, I don't know what the financial situation if they could could manage it, but 
Um, or if he could just do part-time for them and do some per appearances. Um, uh, so, uh, but that would be fucking great, man. That would be yeah. cool with all the guys that he could work with down there. I think, you know, the nice thing is that they have a lot of uh, lesser-known indie guys, originally lesser-known, like Prince Puma is actually Ricochet. Yeah. Um, you know, they took Ricochet and made him, them their main star. Yeah. You know, and then you had, like, your John, your Johnny Mundos, you know, or John Morrison's in WWE, your Alberto Del Rio's. You had all these other big names come in, but Prince Puma was still the guy. Yeah, know? that's so like, yeah. So, I don't know what the financial situation is. I know they found some pretty deep backers now, so they actually got enough for two season two and three, without having to cut too much costs. And now they got Rey Mysterio coming in, so I think they can afford they could afford someone big coming in like that. That'd be awesome. I don't think it would happen, but you know, hey, man, anything's possible. It is. Anything's possible. It's time for the new year. Well, man, that's uh, that's good stuff. I thank you. I look forward to you coming back uh, for our Lucha Underground uh, kind of review the first season, preview the next season. It's going to be great stuff. And uh, thanks a lot, man, for all your contributions this year and uh, all the bullshitting about the about the weekly strategy in football and wrestling talk. Really appreciated you being a part of the first year of the show. And uh, oh, thanks, helping us, helping us build this strong content that all our listeners love. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Hoping we can get a little bit more in here when Lucha Underground starts up, and uh, you know we got playoffs and football starting up pretty soon, so that talk will die down until we get to the draft. So, let's kick back, enjoy the ride while we can here. Hell yeah, man! Thanks a lot, brother. Yep, have a good one. Okay, it says recording is fucking progress. It was better work this time. The segment's so nice, we had to do it twice. Not really because it was nice, but because for no reason whatsoever, my recorder and my equipment fucked us over. It wouldn't be the year end of 2015 if some one last thing didn't get fucked up. I've got KB here. We gotta do another Broadway, I guess, because technology was not on our side for the final show of 2015. Yeah, it some stuff never changes. Yeah, right, right. Maybe we can just put that behind us and move on to things in the new year. Anyways, this is the main event. Well, the last segment of 2015. We're doing KB and myself uh, end of year picks, uh, year in review. So let's get it going. Sure. KB, you're here. We're ready yes. to rock. Yes, sir. Um, uh, it's, actually, it's ready to Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we all better be. Um, so, 
which one are we going to go? I guess we'll go first off with your match of the year, sir. Please. Um, I'm going to go just like last time when, well, nobody will hear, have heard last time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Go with um, a toss-up between the triple threat at the Rumble and uh, Bailey taking the women's title in Brooklyn. Those have been the runaway favorites all year, and nothing has really broken that. Um, it, it's a really good look at how you have just the pure athletic insanity at the Rumble, which was just, here are three guys that are going to tear the house down for 20-something minutes, go. And then with with Bailey, where it was all about the build-up and the emotion. Story, the emotional yeah. involvement. Well. We'll take you through a little ride through both of these matches now, um, and because I'm not a fence rider like some people, I'm gonna make a pick, goddammit, it, and I'm going with Sasha Banks versus Bailey at fucking Brooklyn. Um, I apparently had a fairly fairly fortunate year in live professional wrestling that shows that I've been at because I was live at both of these matches, and I can say. The Royal Rumble match might have been the most fun that I've ever had live at a wrestling match because it was insane and intense. Mm-hmm. But Bailey and Sasha Banks was the most intense and emotionally invested I've ever been at a live wrestling match. The story here with, with the triple threat is you had, obviously it's three guys, prime, the biggest stars, great wrestlers, um, Seth Rollins is bumping all over the place for everybody. The whole thing was we're going to try and eliminate Brock Lesnar. And when they finally did eliminate Brock Lesnar with this amazing spot, then they're rushing frantically to try and beat each other while he's still down. And then Brock rises from the ashes and catches them slipping and fucks them both up. It was excellent. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I was there last year when the streak was broken. And there is something to be said about all the emotion that goes into a match. I mean, I know Lesnar versus Undertaker last year was horrible, but that's the ma- that's the moment that connects with me more than anything else. When you have something like Bailey and Sasha, though, where it had the emotion, but it was also a great match in itself. Um, I mean, that's what wrestling is all about because they had that one moment with the sequence that everyone knows about, where she got the bank statement on, and even though it was pretty obvious Bailey was going to win the title because NXT doesn't screw up the big moment like that. That's the thing, though. That's what was so great about it. Exactly. They had everybody you. in that building was like, oh, shit. You, it made you, like I said when we first reviewed the, the match, the, mm-hmm. the program back in August, yep. when that sequence happened, wrestling was real. Mm-hmm. Everyone completely forgot predetermined, completely forgot cooperation, completely forgot, because completely suspended their disbelief Holy shit, she's in the bank statement. She's stomping on her hand. She's not going to make it. Oh, my God. Bailey's going to lose. And then when she kicks off the rope and she reverses it, everyone is like, holy shit, come on, come on. It was true, palpable desperation in that building. And that is a point that is amazing. That is the point that it is so hard to get to. Um, oh, anymore, especially now, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, you get there only a handful of times ever where you just you you forget that this was what was supposed to you know this is what's supposed to happen, but it doesn't. I mean, the only times that I can think of it happening are jeez, um 
when the Rhodes brothers beat the Shield for the tag titles a couple years back. That was yeah, definitely a, a sunken. Um, the biggest one is a uh, Punkin Punkin Cena at yeah. Money in the Bank. Yeah, where you forget the point where it's like, okay, now I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Uh, yeah. The same thing with the um, with the super kick into the pedigree inside the cell with Undertaker and Triple H, where yeah. for that where I didn't believe for a second that Triple H was going to win, but, but holy that, shit, he's about to win. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they had me for that one, se- which is why I. I never could get into their match the year before because I, I mean even on that tombstone to Undertaker I'm like he's gonna kick out yeah this isn't gonna happen that's not Kane he's gonna kick out yeah so uh, but that's getting way off the base of this um, yeah I could go I'd I'd probably go with Sasha against Bailey if I had to pick one um, I mean as the, the as that message from you said building not safe please rescue me. Yeah, or something building like not that. safe, send help. That's what yeah. I said when that match was going on, uh, when I texted to everybody um, mm-hmm. while I was there live. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a blessing, and I'm I'm happy to have been to have been a yeah. part of it. Pretty, and I mean, and it's it's much more than just like holy shit, that's a great match. Like that match was a bar setter, changed the game, changed how people on a larger scale view women's wrestling. Right. And made it, you know, bigger and pop more popular and more important than it has been in 50 fucking years, at least yeah. on the American mainstream show. So, yeah. and that was and make no mistake about it, that was the main event in Brooklyn. Oh, absolutely. You, absolutely. You, I mean, it, and Owens versus Balor 2 was good. It was a good fucking match. Oh yeah. It's just I mean, oh boy. So what else? Um, what else stood out to you this year, match wise? Uh, a match that some people probably didn't see, unfortunately, um, would be the uh, what was it called? They call it Grave Encounters or something like that. It was it was the casket match in Lucha Underground between uh, Phoenix and Mil Muertes, which I mean it's 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 hard to get a casket match to work these days because it's a casket match. Grave consequences. That's what it was called. Um, but well, they. Put, I was told it was not your. <laughs> it was not. Le- it was unlike any casket match that you. Have yeah, ever seen. It, it is pure drama. As Mil Muertes is basically the Terminator, in, or a slasher villain in a mask, mm. and Phoenix is just given everything he's got to try to slow this guy down, and he can't do it. And the whole match is just about this drama of can he finally, can anyone finally slow this guy down? Awesome, and awesome. it's just it it's, sound good. it's just action from bell to bell. With yeah, you have to check it out. Yeah, you uh, you certainly should. Also, um, just because Lucha Underground is amazing, uh, maybe not match of the year, but honorable mentions would be um, two matches they had called Aztec Warfare, which is the Royal Rumble but with pinfall eliminations hmm. for the first ever Lucha Underground title. That match runs about forty five minutes to an hour, and then another match where they just go. It was just called Bell to Bell. Where from the show from the start the opening of the bell to the the whole match ran was one show or one hmm. show was the whole match and it was just the start of the show they do the entrances and then you have until the end of the show and it's an Iron Man with who, who was that? Uh, Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo okay know, yeah that yeah. um that, yeah. Yeah. you're you're calling back to our first segment uh no not second segment Ty brought both of those up so yeah I'm not okay yeah it's good support it's good support yeah. Uh, and if you guys haven't watched Lucha Underground, watch it. It is 
it's up there with NXT for the most fun you will have week to week. I tried, man. I tried. I just couldn't. You got to watch it from the beginning, or it won't. It won't work. No, I did. I watched it from the. Oh, beginning. I couldn't get past the beginning. I'm sorry, man. Just, just. It just. It, it take... hurts hurts me badly. Uh, but I mean, once you get to the big payoffs so near the end, dumb. he is. Every. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when it, it's. I don't want to get too off track here, but like. When you're pulling the, the Tony Schiavone, like, literally every single match, like, this mm. is fucking feel this, smell this, it's yeah. so amazing, this is Lucha Underground, like, I don't care, dude, I don't care, I don't care, yeah. just let the fucking show speak for it, I don't care. Yeah, and, and when you say it six times per show, like, I'm done now, I don't yeah. want to hear that anymore. The, the, the thing that would get I'm on already nerves. watching it, you don't need to fucking yeah. keep doing that. The <laughs> thing that would get on my nerves with him is, every single time that anyone would sell an injury... He would suggest that it was some career-ending thing, and considering it's Lucha, they're up on their feet like 30 seconds later. We need to move on to some more matches, because we're going to talk we people right out of checking out Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah, we do. Okay, watch the, watch the show on mute. That's yeah. all you have to do. So, you got, you got one more, one or two more matches? Oh, let's see, let's see. Um, hmm, there's got to be something in there. Oh, well, there's Reigns against Lesnar at Mania. Of course, of course. Uh, which was just... Two guys hitting each other really, really hard. Which is kind of we can move into that part of the show. What, what were your from all your ratings, from all your reviews that you post at kbwrestlingreviews.net. Um, dot com. Is it dot com? It's always been dot com. I guess so. You are trying to make money. Dot commercial. You know what that the yeah. fuck that stands for? Yeah. Um, kbwrestlingreviews.com. Wrestlingrumors.net. That's why. Thank that's you. that's the confusion. Those reviews that you post. Um, yeah. which. Shows got the highest grades from you this year. Um, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it's WrestleMania, um, which was more along the lines of a miracle than a good show. Yeah, as yeah. The, the build to that was horrible. not a lot of expectations. No, um, I'm pretty sure that was the top show of the year. Uh, that and um, if you combine all three, Ultima Lucha, which was the season finale of uh, Lucha Underground, but they split it up into into two different shows, two or three different shows. So, um, but it had the good payoffs to almost everything. Only a few things get infuriating. Um, but they, it's, it's, it, it felt like a season finale instead of just a regular pay-per-view. Uh, so it's probably those two, which were just awesome all around. And then also, you know, let's not forget the, uh, the three takeovers. Um, yes. Brooklyn. London, and I couldn't remember what the name was the first time we recorded this, and I can't remember it now. Uh, NXT Rival, I believe. The one where... Um, Owens and Zayn? Owens and Zayn won. Uh, yeah, from that's Rival. What month was that? Yeah, NXT Rival. It was in the spring, wasn't it? Uh, it was near the beginning of the year. I know yeah, that. beginning of the year. Yeah. First NXT takeover of the year. Uh, February. Owens and Zayn had a fucking incredible match. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my match matches of the year, uh, yeah. contenders, uh, honorable mentions. Owen Zane won. Um, so those three shows, check them all out because they had they had Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Um, one and two. W- well, these three shows didn't. Oh, oh, just the- um, okay. Balor versus Samoa Joe was another one that I put up. You know, match of the year. I know you liked it a lot too. Um, yeah. Bailey versus uh, Nia Jax. Which is the best that the David and Goliath story has been told since the Old Testament, um, yeah. or since Sting Invader. Awesome, awesome, awesome uh, 
big little match where, you know, Bailey again, again, it was a situation where um, you kind of suspended disbelief for a little bit. You didn't know just how is Bailey going to do this? Right. There's no I... way she's going to be able to do this. She can't hurt this girl. What is she going to do? She's getting destroyed, and somehow she pulls it out. It's a great way to add depth to the character. She's finding different, you know, unique ways to win. So that was another one that I thought was a was a late candidate for uh, match of the year. It's way up there. Yeah, it's absolutely. Very good. It was very fun. And then, of course, WrestleMania was a was a really fun, uh, good show. Um, Balor Joe was really good too. Balor Joe was excellent, physical, great work rate, everything that you could ask for. Um, I liked uh, a lot of Roman Reigns and stuff this year. I liked his match against Bray Wyatt um, at the which pay per view was that? They all run together because there's fucking fifty of them and they're all uh, Battleground, maybe. Yeah, Battleground. I loved that match. I loved the match against Big Show at Extreme Rules. Um, mm. Obviously, the the match with Daniel fucking Bryan uh, at Fastlane was great. Um, a lot of that, all that stuff, I thought was really good. Um, I loved. Uh, I have no idea what date it was, but uh, Rollins Rollins against Adrian Neville from the summer on Raw yeah. when Rollins, you know, did his own open challenge in his feed with Cena. Neville answered it. They put on a fucking incredible. I defy you to find a better fucking under 10 minutes match um, than these two do. It's it's damn fine. And um, besides besides the triple threat World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania 20. Three? Yes. 22. WrestleMania 22. Kurt Angle, Rash- yeah. Ray Mysterio, Randy Orton. Um, besides that, Seth Rollins from Agus Adrian Neville from Raw in the summertime was the best fucking under 10 minute match you'll ever see. And of course, um, just like every year when they make us think that maybe they're going to do something with Cesaro, Cesaro and John Cena had a fucking incredible match um, during the US Open Challenges as well. As he almost always does. Always. Almost always. All right, so wrestler of the year, KB, who I think I, go. I think we got. I can't remember if it was Shocky that just said that, or if it was gonna be, if it was you. I can't remember if we had the same pick. Go ahead. I've got to go with Cena. Yeah, it sure that, was with that U.S. Open child. That U.S. Open challenge just every single week. He was pulling out great matches. I know that I I probably already covered it on the last segment. Remember, it's been like a week since we recorded the other segments because fuck you, technology. But um, I I don't see how you could argue against it. I mean, guys literally Um, having great matches on a weekly basis for months. For months, he's having great matches um, with with everybody. Everybody, every style. Every new guy that wants to come up, he fucking would lead them through, sell for them, put over their offense. Of course, I know both of us fucking hated um, the way that they would do the exact same finish sequence every single time. Yeah. And, you know, no sell. Other people kick out of everybody's finish and this, that, and the other. But that might be the old school when I was talking. Maybe we're just, once again, uh, too old and crusty and the game has passed us by. We hated those. We hated that part of it. But otherwise... John Cena is carrying the show on his fucking back. Yep. And that's every not even single count- week. That's not even counting his pay-per-view efforts with Owens. Kevin Owens and Cena from Elimination Chamber would be another match of the year contender, yep. which somehow we forgot. Oh, I, I mentioned it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, just between that, uh, the Rusev, the first Rusev match was pretty good. Um, the Rusev Mania match was meh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and yeah, Cena just, was in the, the that match of the year contender, the triple threat. 
Yeah. Before yeah. the whole U.S. title thing even fucking started. Yeah, exactly. I He's mean, they're tearing it up. So, uh, and there, there just is no. There's really not much of an argument for anyone else. Um, just with every good, I mean, he didn't have a bad match really all year. Nope. Well, I mean, don't maybe they really have bad matches, but no. I mean, I, maybe one with Kane, who I mean, it's almost impossible to drag a good match out of Kane anymore. That's gonna be your new your new fucking grudge. It's just Kane in general. No, because I like Kane. I just don't like him. I, I'm fine. I with just him. don't like him being on TV or wrestling in matches or doing anything. <laughs> I like I, him. I just don't want to see him ever again. <laughs> I'm fine. With him. I'm fine with him in the mid card. Yeah, just leave him there where he belongs. Stop having him get world title shots at like major pay per views. And speaking yeah. of people, I mean, who are involved in some of that stuff, um, I would. It's sad to say, but you know you got to kind of give it an honorable mention to Seth Rollins. Yeah, you um, do. We just all got a bad taste in our mouths and a bad image because he was used mm-hmm. so so poorly. Yeah, but um, yeah, Rollins had a great. Rollins was just stuck with such horrible everything around him, and he was doing everything he could, but he just didn't have it. He had so much bad stuff to work with. He was still involved in a lot of good stuff this year. Um, yeah, uh, he was. He, the uh, what was when it? Like, Six pack challenge or what the fuck ever was it at um, payback. It was a yeah. multi man title match he was in. I know it was at least four. Yeah, it was at least four because they had the the mini shield reunion and whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. That was um, fucking crazy. That was a pretty hard hard hitting like good match. He was in the triple threat. That was a good match. You know, match of the year contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Sting Seth Rollins match was real fun to watch. Um, so I can't you know hate on him. It, it just yeah. There's only shame so, there, he was stuck there, with what he was stuck with. There's only so much you can do when you're stuck trying to get, you know, I mean, Sting did what he could, but they did every they had to hide the fact that Sting was like 50 somewhat is, and like, got his neck broken in the middle of the match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that'll slow you right on down. Yeah. He um, had some great stuff with Cena in there too cuz those two are always oh yeah. gold together. They're going to uh, But he was just stuck with a horrible character and Having to, and he's not the greatest talker in the world, which I think brings him down a little bit. Because uh, I mean, I, I don't need to have his entire year recapped every time he talks. Yeah, I mean that's another thing that speaks well for Cena. Um, the promos of the year have to be the ones between between Cena and Kevin Owens when oh, Kevin yeah. came up. Oh yeah, yeah. That was the uh, first time in a really long time you had that just you know wow holy shit like on the edge of your seat, excited to hear promo type type mm-hmm. type of situation where yeah. anything could happen, um, which, you know, never happens now in this day and age. Um, I think we need to, you know, give a mention to both probably uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yeah. Um, since, you know, we've named them in so many great matches this year. Um, a lot of people forget that Sasha Banks was putting on bust-ass matches before her and Bailey ever even come across each other. That's true. She was putting on great matches earlier in the year on the NXT takeovers and on NXT with Becky Lynch with Charlotte um, on her way to winning the world ti- the women's ti- championship herself before that um, program started with Bailey. So she had an excellent excellent year. Uh, it's ended kind of poorly since she for some reason can't be on TV ever. But without being some kind of lame comedy act with Tamina, yeah, without being the female New Day because. You know, if something's working, make ten of it and run it into the ground so it doesn't work anymore. Um, and then, of course, Bailey, um, who is—I don't really know if it's arguable—is probably the biggest babyface in wrestling right now. Yeah, there really isn't much of an argument to that. 
Uh, I mean, you know, people people will scoff at that because she's not on the quote unquote main roster, but um, NXT house shows sell out in under two minutes. Yeah. And yes, they're smaller buildings, but the numbers are not that far away from the numbers that WWE house shows do. And WWE house shows are not selling out in under two minutes. No, I mean, they sold out TakeOver uh, after the pre-sale. They sold it out in, I think, it was less than 30 minutes. Oh, the the house show in Chicago in a 3,000-seat arena? Oh, yeah, I know. Sold out in under a minute. Under one minute. I know. I mean, that place holds. I don't even know how that's physically possible. That place held 1,500. The, The TakeOver arena holds... Roughly eight nine thousand when you take away oh, the set. Was, yeah, well, set. Yeah, it's gonna be nine thousand. Um, yeah, so I mean that nine thousand fifteen minutes is is not what WWE house shows are doing. No, no, not I mean any WWE shows are doing. No, so I mean, I, popularity con- the, the popularity comparison is not completely invalid, but there's no one, you know, there's no one who gets all around universal acceptance praise and love like mm-hmm. bailey does yeah and deserves it it's such a great character it's such a big step for for women's wrestling uh having a completely non-sexualized right. um hero for little girls and for everybody you know right. to, to look up to i mean you know right i mean uh on on breaking ground uh like she had her hair down and makeup on and was in a dress and i'm like no i'm not supposed to think she's good looking what am yeah I i'm like this is getting weird this feels weird we need to yeah, move on like, to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, heaven that. forbid that a, a twenty, what, what is she, twenty six? I think a twenty six year old athlete is attractive. Yeah, that that's wrong for some reason. It, it feels wrong. Yeah, yeah. It just it's Bailey. You you're not supposed to do that. It's kind of undeniable. Something she got some things going on. Uh, uh, anyways, stop um, that. So Sasha Banks, yeah, Bailey, Seth Rollins. I think they're all honorable mentions. Yeah. Right there by uh, Mr. Cena, who I think we both agree is I think so too, yeah. far and away, uh, really no argument, the wrestler of the year this year. Yeah. Um, who, so what, 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 what are you looking back, what, what sticks out to you about 2015, what you remember most? Uh, really the rise of the women's division in NXT, which has become, the, it, that is the thing for NXT. And the fact that they pretty much emptied out the entire division uh, with the horsewomen coming up, and have pretty much restocked the shelves in about what two months. Well, I don't know if it's quite restocked the shelves because none of their newer females have uh, a lot of independent um, experience. Un- unlike before, when Sasha Banks was a wrestler, Bailey yeah. was a wrestler before she got there. Yeah. Um. Oh, I forget. Becky Lynch had traveled the world wrestling. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Asuka, Asuka has that kind of experience. Well, that's one person, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Charlotte, when, you only, when you only need, like, four, one is a pretty good amount. Uh, Charlotte was fucking god-awful when she first got there, but because yeah. she's such an elite-level athlete, she, and obviously has a bit of genetics, um, yeah. she, she became great. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know if the, if the women's division has is, is been rebuilt, but it's still a major draw, and they're still making stuff happen, which I think is yeah. furthermore a credit to yeah. um, the trainers down there and to Bailey herself for, for carrying those girls. Yeah, I mean, you have, I mean, right now the division is pretty much Nia Jax, who has gone from, like, debuting to totally fine as the monster, yeah. which, again, just her size and strength and such are going to carry her for a long time. Yeah. 
Um, and then you have the two Aussie girls who aren't bad. They're well, they, still... they, they, I think they have a lot of ton of potential. They do have indie yeah. cred. They do have an indie background. So does yeah. um, they have yeah. a, a lady down there by the name of uh, Athena, who yeah. is was a big time was big yeah. time on the on the on the independent scene. Well, and I watched so... I, I watched a um, uh, one of Booker T's reality of wrestling shows. Yeah, and she was a couple on months ago, yeah, and she was um, down there. Yeah, yeah, she was uh, she was um. She was in action on that show, and uh, I'm, I was thinking to myself, "There's potential here." And it turned out that was her last show with the promotion. Yeah. WWE had signed her, so, so uh, I, I got you. Um, yeah, so she was definitely worth something. Um, but yeah, they're they've managed to just put together like a quick fix of the division in no time whatsoever. Um, I mean, and when you consider that Bailey and Sasha, when they started, they were just like unnamed jobbers with no real characters. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're just like on fire. You know, cause you just put together a character for them and just see where they go from Let there. Go. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's for me. That's what I'll remember about 2015 is, and this will play a role into what we're going to talk about next, what we're looking to forward to in 2016. Um, in 2015, I think we just got a feeling of, of, uh, of hope. Like it's not because the way that NXT is done and the way that the roster is and the way that the storylines are, are and the way that they treat it and the way that they tour and everything about it is, is a throwback. Mm-hmm. Is a throwback to what people talk about, like what wrestling used to be. And I don't mean just used to be like, the attitude era it's not like that at all i'm talking about yeah. used to be like used to be in the 70s and then the 80s yeah um when wrestling was super hot super passionate everybody wanted to be a part of it we're getting that sort of gr- and grassroots feeling with this and it's it's coming along and it's selling out and they're keeping it they're keeping it the same way they're not changing it they're keeping it booked old school they're keeping it booked simple they're keeping it booked to where wins and losses matter jesus christ thank you wins and losses matter yeah down there i mean just stuff like that and oh, yeah. doing it and they gave it a chance and people are fucking loving it mm-hmm. and that and the, to me the part, is a ray of hope and the part that makes me the most interested in anything else down there is they people talk about how PG is killing wrestling? NXT is close is a lot of the time closer to G than PG. Yeah, I mean, you just there's nothing down there really that. I mean, they just they just talk to each other. They don't do stupid stuff. They don't go way over the top. They just set up matches and feuds and they pay them off well, with good action. Just like the exactly, just like the wrestling that I was just talking about, referring to how it's like a throwback. Yeah. I mean, you didn't get a bunch of cursing and blood and insanity back, you know, in the golden era, uh rock and wrestling. You didn't get that in, you know, that you got blood, you got violence in the old school NWA, but not yeah. you know, not a bunch of cursing and, and crazy stuff. It was about wins and losses. It was about mm-hmm. titles. It was about the pursuit of success and personal issues between people in that pursuit. But the personal issues in that pursuit were born from wins and losses and trying to take each other's success from one another. And that is what we get back in NXT. I've always said it doesn't matter. The rating of the show 
doesn't matter. Is it nice when they have more of a creative envelope to work with? Yes, it would be. But yeah. it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be a good show. A good yeah. fucking show. Yeah. And they give you a reason to come back every week. Which they give is... you a reason to invest. Yeah. And, I mean, other than than Joe choking out uh then then Joe choking out Balor. I don't remember the last time a champion lost on TV in a non-title match. I never do that shit. I mean there's so many things we can name that they don't do that yeah. is like the old school fundamentals of wrestling. One of the yeah. things I love too is when you see somebody doing a bunch of jobs on there, they'll be back in 6 months and they'll have a character and then they're going to go on a tear. Yeah, that's what Bailey and Sasha did. That's what Bailey and Sasha did. That's I just I almost called her Sausage. That would be sweet if her name was Sausage Banks. I would love that. I'm going to tweet that to her and see if <laughs> she'll change her name to it. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, and people come back. That's what Enzo Amore was the biggest fucking jobber that there yeah. was. And then he got over and kept coming back. And now he's one of the most over acts that they have. Um, you can you can go down the list naming these guys who came on there. Baron Corbin, who's mm-hmm. fucking unstoppable now, was a big time jobber. People don't remember that because it was before, you know, it was on the network. It was yeah. back when just only me and you were watching it. Yeah. But um, it, what it boils down to is. It's very much like a like an old school mentality of instead of just constantly reset instead of just sticking with the same idea, the same character that you get now, uh, they'll actually mix it up a bit if they if something's not working. You know, yeah, I mean, too. if you look at somebody like remember our saying, it's almost like they thought this through. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the tagline I mean, for NXT. I mean, if you look at someone like say Dolph Ziggler, who has had the same character for years now you know and it, and he's been stuck at that same level for years now i'm not saying you repackage him into like a dentist but a few tweaks or a here and there, or something yeah a few tweaks here and there might help him just a little bit maybe you know, um and the same is true for how many people on that on that main roster yeah right flush you know, that character a little bit yeah Come and on. whereas down in nxt or like back in the old days, if something wasn't working, you would, you'd have the talent there, and you would just keep repackaging them and figuring something else out. But look how they look! Look at how well it worked with Kane, who went from like horrible gimmick to horrible gimmick to horrible gimmick to oh, that's the Undertaker's brother, and he looks awesome. Yeah, and he's still doing that twenty years later. See, we keep on going. We gonna keep on doing callbacks. Remember when they did this? Remember when they did that? Mm-hmm. It's all still happening mm-hmm. down in NXT. And so, like I said, that brought us hope for the future. And that's what we're going to talk about now is the future. What are you looking forward to most in 2016? Oh, boy. Um, well, aside from going to WrestleMania weekend, um, probably just seeing where things go. Um, because I'm, I'm wondering what they're going to main event WrestleMania with, for one thing. Yeah. Because uh, there's a couple of options there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know if they can stretch out Reigns versus Triple H, and I don't know if Reigns well, versus I, Triple I, H is. I know a way that the, you know. I think they could do Reigns Triple H at the Rumble. I think they, uh, that's what I'm leaving. Have for. the League of Nations interfere? Everybody's interfering. They're going to take the belt, and then the fucking Rock interferes and says, "You're not fucking with my family anymore." And then Rock and Triple H have a match. Roman Reigns and somebody, whoever wins the Rumble, maybe John Cena, Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior moment. Um. And then Rock they do their thing, and then Undertaker does whatever he does, and yeah, beautiful. Um, 
yeah, it's interesting th- too. There's, I, I just can't picture them doing Reigns Triple H at Mania. I, I don't think that they can. For, I, that doesn't feel like a big enough. Well, Unless they Triple H, I mean, Sands last year is basically a fucking jobber at WrestleMania yeah. now. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we know it's going to happen, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the last match he won before that at Mania was what, against Brock, which was, oh, that was a bad idea. Yeah. But um, but in general, I mean, he has a yeah, he, oh, he, record he, at WrestleMania oh, ever yeah. since WrestleMania 19. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's gotten a lot better with stuff like that over the years. Um, but, uh, just, uh I want to see where they're going to go with this. Uh, I'm curious to see, because it always seems like Cena is on the verge of starting to hang it up. And it's getting to the point where he's going to have to. Not in the near future, but it's going to start I mean, they got to start figuring out what life's going to look like yeah. John Cena. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, and the John Cena retirement tour could be absolutely awesome. With I mean, with the idea that this is his whole life. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he's on more talk shows now and he's doing more movies. And I mean, the difference is with when Rock left, he was like, what, 29 when he left for Hollywood? Cena's like 38. Yeah. So, I mean, Cena's put in his time, you know, a lot longer than most people do. A lot longer. He was. Yeah. yeah. He's kept. People don't realize he's had that schedule for a fucking decade. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, another award we should get. The most underappreciated, underrated wrestler, fucking probably ever, is probably John Cena. <laughs> I, I've said for years, he's the guy that people that once he retires, people yeah, are going to really, like, wow, really see what they had. I mean, that's like Bruno San Martino type shit. Yeah, but in an age when there's five hours of television on every yeah. week. Jesus I mean, I mean <laughs> when you can, consider it this way, Austin showed up in '96. And left, really, in 2002. Because, I mean, that, that yeah. last run he had in 2003 is pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... And, then and there's... his run on top was three years, four yeah. years. So, you figure... And then, you keep in mind, he had a year off for neck surgery. Yep. So, that's five years there. Um, Rock debuted 96 and really was really gone... Really Rock until 97. Right. And he was pretty much gone for good... By also about 2002 or three, when you combine those two together, that that's about as long as the Miz has been around. Yeah, that's you combine those two together. It's not even it's barely more than half of what of how long Cena has not only yeah. been a star but has carried the company on his fucking back. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him because his career. I wouldn't say he's running out of people to, to fight with, but. It's very interesting the way they use him now. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I really, really, other than that run where he replaced Brian, which it's pretty clear he was only there, he only got the title back because uh, Daniel Bryan was injured. Yeah. Uh, other than that, he hasn't been near the title in years. Yeah, not really. You know, he's been the U.S. champion and just that workhorse guy, but... Which is amazing when you... Yeah, I think keep, they keep doing that for all I fucking care. Yeah. I'll take that. It's amazing when you switch him from the face of the company to the workhorse yeah. at his age. He's all about it, too. Um, I'm look, I think I covered this in the Shocky segment, but like I fucking said, thank you very much, MP3 Recorder. It was like a week ago. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. Very excited because there's been so many rumors. There's so much potential. There's so many things floating out there. I'm very excited to see if NXT takes the next step. Yeah, if it becomes a true regional powerhouse, if it becomes a true a true second brand, and you can do it, all you got to all you need to do really is add 
much like they did, uh, what is it, a little over a year ago now. They added four guys with some name cred all at once. That's yeah. really all you need to do. Add four guys. Um, and there are guys out there who have name cred. Uh, AJ Styles and Nakamura have been two guys they've been talking about. Yeah, Austin Aries was at Full Sail a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, James Storm has come through. You can still use it to introduce your developmental talents. You just sprinkle in the stars in there, too, to give you the, the big stuff at the end of the night. You keep on doing the work rate-based thing. Uh, everything that they... I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of things that said that they're full-fledged trying to grow this and, and, and keep it moving, keep it a work rate-based promotion. Yeah. Really beef up the roster, bring in some names, um, and try to start getting this thing to turn a profit on a regular basis on those tours. Yeah. Because, I mean, the thing, I don't remember the last time they had a main roster guy come down there. No, just like for a cameo. Yeah. They just haven't done that. They haven't had to. Because they are really, and they're, NXT is its own entity. And has been for a long time. Well, I and mean, that's part of them bringing in other guys. and bring, I'd also like to see them bring in like some legends, like some vets. You know, yeah. guys who can't, who can't, they don't need to do a fucking hurricanrana, but... Let them fucking work with the guys. Let them yeah. work out matches with the guys. Go over psychology with the guys in the back. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. that's how that's how it worked for so many years. Was that's how people got better? Was they yeah. worked with people who are more experienced and better than they were, and they took things from them. I think that's something, and I can see that happening because they've been talking about things like that for quite a yeah. while. I mean, they brought in Rhino to do that. Exactly, the well, he did th- fine. That, but like, do do a little more of it. Bring in a few yeah. more guys. But yeah. that type of thing is exactly what I'm talking about. Sharing that wealth of knowledge and working with guys and helping them to get better. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. Um, well, and things that they've I've heard, read places and heard places they very well may be doing. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you can do like that. And it's it's amazing how there's so much hope for what so could work. So much hope, yep. So much hope, so much to look forward to. Well, that's a good way to enter into 2016. KB, I thank you for jumping on here, being being on the top of the card. Um, and I appreciate you lending your name and your credibility and your expertise to the program this year. This thing has gone way bigger and blown up way bigger than I thought it ever would, and it's been a fucking blast, man. So sir, bigger and better all the time next year, hopefully. And uh just want to thank, once again, I know I did this in the open, but just want to thank all the listeners, man, for, for hooking us up, for supporting us. This thing has gotten way wild and fast and big before I figured that it would. Um, bigger and better. I'm going to keep on trying to keep on pushing, uh, keep on getting, you know, better guests, better everything. Keep trying to push this to make it the best it could possibly be for all you guys. Just remember, like I said, this show is for you. As, as I said in the very opening of the very first show. So I'm glad that everybody, that so many people seem to enjoy it. Um, coming up soon in the early new year, we're going to have Ty Burnett and the Killjoy, the the host of Impactico Estelar and his English language attack on wrestling, two podcasts that he does. Um, and he writes for his own website on the ongoings of Lucha. Um, and Ty Burn is a big Lucha fan as well. They're going to be here to preview season two of Lucha Underground, and I will pretty much just mostly let them talk and try not to be negative. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Um, and we will have body guy Roy Johnson of Progress Wrestling 
will be back on the show much sooner than later, likely in the first few weeks. I want him to be the first guest of the new year. Um, we're working on schedules because he is a, you know, legitimate professional wrestler. Uh, so, you know, he has a busy schedule and I got a bunch of crap to do too, but we are planning on having him as the first guest of the new year. So everybody be on the lookout for that. Thank you for joining us this year and we will be back in the new year slaying.